Praise God. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that will never leave you nor forsake you? He's with you. He's for you. Amen. And He has taken care of everything that pertains to your natural life and your spiritual life. Praise God. He's left nothing out. There's nothing left for Him to do. The only thing that's left is for us to accept what He's done for us and appropriate what He's done for us in our life. Amen. Fear has no part of your life, does it? Absolutely zero. Praise God. Well, how many of you are blessed already? Amen. Praise God. Well, we've got a guest this morning that's going to be ministering to us. He's not a guest because he's been here. He and his wife have been here for quite some time, but you get to know him a little bit better as he begins to share his life with you and uh, whatever the Lord has laid on his heart to minister to us this morning. Let's give a good round welcome and applause for Mike Martin. Amen. And Kay, his wife. Amen. Amen. Glory. Well, uh, you don't have to be a preacher to preach right after that. Not what he said, but the anointing on the music. I've been told that I was supposed to share about me, about us, about our ministry, and then the word. So I'm going to make this quick. And yes, I can. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Kay and I met in college. Kay is from Colorado. I was... Um, well, my, I lived in Texas, Amarillo. Uh, I'm not really a Texan, and if, if that bothers you, deal with it. Um, <clears throat> I actually don't like the terminology, I'm Texan. And here's the reason why. Every person I've ever heard say that is full of pride. That's my soapbox for a moment. So you just love me and we're okay. Uh, we went to a denominational college. Um, we were not college sweethearts, exact, it was the exact opposite. Uh, and that's a whole, it's a real funny story, but I'm not going to take the time to share that with you. You want to know, you can talk to us later. But we have two children, uh, a daughter and a son. Our daughter's the oldest. And our son, we have five grandkids. And it's lovely to be a grandpa. Or as our oldest granddaughter has now determined... This is Grandmammy, <laughs> and I'm Grandpappy. I'm like, oh, okay, that she's the only one that gets to say that. But anyway, um, we, um, we love our kids and our grandkids, and it's fun to be Grandpa. It really is. Um, but we, um, we, have, we started a ministry, was going to start a ministry in 1980. Three, eighty-four. It fell flat. It didn't get off the. It didn't even get off the ground. It was horrible. Missions has always been on K and I's heart. Always, even before we knew each other, and even before I ever heard this terminology, 
And since then, I've heard it. But God gave Kay and I a life's verse to live by. And when the Lord gave this to us, independently of each other, we were in a denomination that absolutely does not believe what we believe today. And again, that's for another story of how God set us free from all of that. But the, the life's verse that he gave both of us is Mark ten forty five, And it says, for even the son of man came not to be served with an ED, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. God has called Kay and I to serve. That's why Labors Together International could not exist in, in the 80s. It was all about me. The only way I would ever agree to get up here, and Pastor Phil asked me, is what is it going to do for me? If it doesn't help me, not doing it. That's how I used to be. And it was like, oh, this floor is the hardest thing around here. Um, every, my prayers, everything went nothing. And I got ticked off. Now, if you don't, that's okay. Just love me anyway. I got mad at God. Said, fine, I'm done. I don't need this garbage. I don't have to do it. Not going to do it. And God didn't strike me down. Ten years later, we have moved from Colorado, because we were living in Colorado Springs, and it's Colorado, not Colorado. I'm the one that's got the microphone. It's Colorado to me, <laughs> to a Coloradan, it's Colorado. Nope, Colorado. Okay, but anyway, we moved from there to Stephenville, Texas. From a city of uh, about 400,000 people to about 15,000 back then. You talk about a culture shock. Boy, was I in culture shock. Stephenville, I don't want to go all the way on the other side of town. And I thought, Stephenville doesn't have sides of town. It's just there. Uh, but in 10 years... Stephenville had sides of towns. <laughs> we met, uh, the church did something very unique when we came that was pretty awesome on one level. People of the church took Kay and I out for a meal or had them over to our, we went to their house for a meal to get to know each other. Jim and Margie Gewen, Jim's working today, was part of the church and uh, they took us to a unique restaurant. And uh, the, the whole story is really kind of a comical thing. But the basic thing of the whole deal, Jim really told me exactly what he thought of me. And I looked at him and I said, you're the first honest man I've met in this church. And he said, and I quote, you're right. I'm the only honest man in this church. And he was correct. See, this isn't my first rodeo. Our first time around the block. Jim and Margie became our best friends. They were our very first board members and still are on the board. Our ministry, Labor Together International, is basically found 
and formed out of 1 Corinthians 3, 9. And different versions say different things. But it says we are laborers together or we are fellow workers together with God. So we change it to labors together instead of labors together with God, just labors together. International. And it is a multifaceted ministry. The, uh, the two basic factions of the ministry is, A, we take people on short-term mission trips. When I mean short-term, it is short-term. Uh, 10, 12 days counting weekends between 5 to 8 working days. Jim and Margie are our short-term mission directors. And they are working on a trip for next year. And if you would like to go on our, one of our trips, here's what I can tell you you will experience. Loads and loads of fun, good food, and amazing anointing services. And these aren't Mike Martin preaching tours. According to Ephesians 4.12, the saints are supposed to do the work of the ministry. When we first started the ministry, it was difficult to get anybody to let us come. The reason is, we don't have any preset agenda of what we're going to do. So I would say, Pastor Phil is the head of this ministry, I mean, head of this missionary organization, this church, you know, in England. So, or, or France. This is a classic one. <laughs> um, we would like to come and whatever you need, what do you want to do? No, no, no. It's not what we want. What do you need? No. What do you want to do? Whatever you want us to do. And this friend of ours, he's a pastor, got a very large church in Paris. He said, what I don't want is music. Fine. We're not going to sing. And we don't want anybody doing any puppets. Fine. What do you need us to do? One church, one guy in Bulgaria said... I want you to, uh, would you guys come and clean our church? I said, sure. Yeah. We don't have to preach. We don't have to do anything. Whatever you, if that's all you want us to do, that's all we'll do. It was a test. And so we went. There was, I don't remember, but several. And here's what we did. We cleaned the church. And he said, you know what would be nice? The associate pastor would like their house cleaned. I said, or their kitchen. I said, okay. And I looked at Jim and Margie. I said, you guys want to head that up? Yeah. They took a group. Now, their idea of clean and our idea of clean is two different things. He came back to the church thinking we were done. And he was gone maybe 35, 40 minutes. I said, we hadn't even started yet. They not only cleaned the kitchen, they moved the refrigerator out, cleaned underneath that, moved the stove out. You got anything else you want cleaned? We're there to serve the people. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is we uh, take care of missionaries. We basically are missionary stateside offices. So we handle all of their finances and correspondence. Uh, and at one time... Uh, we had uh, about 30 different missionaries we were taking care of. Based on the pandemic, quote, um, the, the COVID situation, a lot of them have come off the mission field. Which, you know, that's between them and God. But we still take care of people's finances and help them. 
Our job and the job of our board is this. You're called to serve these people. Period. It's not about you. It's not about your ministry. It's not about anything about you. It's about them. And um, there is a requirement to be on our board. A, you have to support the ministry. According to the Bible, now the dollar amount's your business. Not, that's not mine. That's between you and God. Because the Bible says, where your heart is, there's your treasure. Tell me you're behind me all you want to, but you've never given to our ministry. Your heart's not there. Number two, you have to go on a mission trip. How can you know what we do if you've never been on a mission trip? Our son is still on our board. And I went to him and I said, Chris, you know, mom and I love you very much. But dad is going to cease being dad. Now I'm Mike, the president. We're going to Bulgaria next year. Go on the trip or I'll remove you from the board. Plain and simple. You got a whole year to plan your finances, get your vacation time. But I got to tell you, if it goes for everybody else on this board, it goes for you. Go or it's been nice having you. Changed he and his wife's life. You want to change a a teenager's life, get them on a mission trip. And so that's a basic nutshell. There's so much more involved in LTI. But there's so much more involved in this. But that's a basic nutshell of this. Now to what I really feel like the Lord wanted me to share this morning. God gave me three things to study this year. I've added two extra things to it. So here we go, and you're going to help me. So, and I'm just going to give you a word, and you're going to tell me. There is no right or wrong answer. It's your thoughts. Okay? So we're going to start right here at this table. Somebody from this table. Tell me what the word radical means to you. Now, just it's just what's off the top of your head. Don't go looking any words up. Just what do you think? And by the way, if you don't answer, I have no problem in calling on you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. That's great. Yeah, that's a radical move. Okay, kicking out all the walls. I'll try to repeat them for you. Okay, number two, let's go to you guys right back here, that table. What does the word word bold or boldness mean to you guys? Okay, great. Um, I cannot ask this table this question because I shared this in our prayer time. And by the way, you guys need to be here early morning prayer on Sundays. It's powerful in there. It's very powerful in there. So I shared this part uh, with that. And so Cheryl will remember this, I think. So let's do um, you two guys and you two guys. So you four back there. And we can add Joseph in there and Mark in there too. Uh, What does the words be still mean to you guys? Yes, ma'am. Did you read this? <laughs> just, just checking. Okay. No, that's great. Okay. 
to you guys back here. What does the word arrogant mean to you? Okay, you guys got together and looked at these. That's right. Yeah. Okay, one last thing. What is the word right here? What does the word encourage or encouragement mean to you? What does that word mean? Love. Love? Support. Good. Now, the Lord gave me three words to study this year. And that is radical, bold, and be still. I added arrogance and encouragement. Interesting. We're not going to take the time to go through these scriptures. Because uh, it take way too much. Hello. There you go. The word radical means, in the dictionary, extreme. Stick. Is it going in and out? Hey. Whoo. All right. Here we go. I'll get right here. I'll turn this around. This will be my podium. Drastic, very different from the usual or traditional. So, we've been hearing that this is the year of the maximum and the highest level attainable, right? If you're going to do that, you got to get radical. It's no longer status quo stuff. That's not going to cut it. It won't happen. Everybody else may be experiencing the mass, maximum and the highest level attainable. You will not. Now, how's that for strong prophetic? But that's the truth. You're going to go to that level. It's going to, recall, it's going to require some radical change of thinking, probably actions. Kay and I have never paid off someone's house yet. Keyword yet. We've paid some mortgages. I've never bought anyone a car yet. In fact, since 1984, five, Kay and I have sold two cars. Both of those cars were wrecked, both of them were totaled. And people came up wanting to buy them. And my thought was, um, I need to find out from the insurance company if I can actually do this. And I have sold two total wrecked cars. <laughs> Other than that, we've given away every car we've ever owned. That is not bragging. That is, that's some radical things. God told me, told me, I want you to sow an extra $25 in the offering this week. And I said, no. We don't have $25. We didn't have $25. Everything we got, I won't go through all of it, but every bit of the money that I received as my salary was allocated. We didn't have 25 bucks. We got two small kids. They need certain things. There are certain things that Kay, as a woman, needed. I didn't have the extra $25. And I said, no, 
don't have it. And that's okay, folks. You can look at me the way you're looking at me. One of the things I think would be really cool someday is to have mirrors behind whoever's speaking. <laughs> so that you could see what you, oh, hey, that's an idea. Come over there and let you look at what you, what I see. So the next week, so 25 extra dollars. Now we did, quote, tithe and offering. And I said, no, don't have it. The third week, now I don't know, I'm just me. I haven't told her. Third week, no, I don't have it. And Kay comes up to me, she says, what is your problem? I said, I don't understand the question. She said, you are so irritable. What is going on with you? For the last three weeks, you're just irritable. And I said, well, nah, nothing. She said, now this is Miss Mercy. But I'll tell you this, you don't ever want to get Mercy riled up. Mercy goes out the window. And the way I always explain it, it takes a long time for this train to get to the top of the mountain. But once it does, it puts on the parking brake and it's there a while. She said to me, don't lie to me. What's going on? I said, well, God's been telling me to sow an extra $25. We don't have $25. She said, then, why don't you obey God? I said, do you understand what I just said? We, there is no money. She said, don't you think God knows that? (laughs) Okay. And this is what I said. Okay. Now, I'm telling you what I said, so just hang on. Okay, God, I'll make a deal with you. You bring in the 25 bucks, I'll sow it. Nobody, not a single person gave us money. No one. On Friday, I got my paycheck. I'm going through putting money aside like we always do to make sure rent and utilities and groceries and gasoline is all taken care of. And guess how much money I had left? No. $26. (laughs) And I looked at this and I said, um, Kay, would you go over my numbers, please? She said, why? I said, because I think I've made a mistake. And she looks at it and she goes, looks right to me. She said, now you're going to obey God? Yes. So I I wrote two checks. Our tithes and offerings. And an extra $25. It went from there on up. And when God says, sow $500, like, okay. I don't sow, I don't say anymore, I'll make a deal with you, God. That's where I was at. But there had to be a radical change in my thinking to get out of a poverty mentality into a prosperity thinking. And if you're going to go to the maximum and the highest level attainable, poverty mentality, poverty thinking, and I'll even make this radical statement. Tithe mentality has got to go by the wayside. Do Kay and I tithe? Yeah, technically, I guess. I don't have a tithe mentality. I have a give mentality. Now, is it a tithe? Oh, by the end of the year, yeah, technically, but no, it's far greater than that. 
So getting out of a tithe mentality into a give mentality, and I can guarantee you this, you will never, ever, ever give less than 10%. Never. But there had to be a radical change happen in my thinking. And then the Lord said boldness. Well, here's a definition of bold. Brave, uh, courageous, confident, daring, uh, unflinchingly, fearless, bravery, value, trust, to be or make secure. There is a different... Oh, let me go to arrogance. Where's... Oh, my... Arrogance. The act or quality of being taken oneself. Pride, <laughs> haughtiness, superiority, and self-importance. That was me. It's not me today. Praise God for that. Mike had to die. And if Mike had to die, I can pretty much guarantee you everybody in this room right now, and anybody that was here would be hearing this, you got to die. For God to really use you and take you to the maximum and the highest level of table, you got to die. Paul said, I die daily. It has to be a death, and Mike had to die. Mike had to die so that God could use me. And what he has been using us for the last 25, 30 years, however long it's been since we started the ministry. But Mike could not, God could not use me then. And this shows you how arrogant and full of pride I was. I do have a doctorate degree. I would not respond to this man at all or to any of you if you didn't call me Dr. Mike or Dr. Martin. I would not even respond to you because I've got my doctorate. And, you know, you can only deal so long with God on certain things and then that's it. And God said, take that thing off that wall and put it up and don't you dare go by that again. And it wasn't a suggestion. I very seldom ever used the title doctor because I just don't care anymore. The only time I ever used that title is in foreign countries. And that title will open doors that I can't open up. And so I will use it only in those occasions. But it was full of arrogance and pride. And God had to kill that in me. But when you know who you are, you're going to start talking differently. You're going to start praying differently. And you'll speak with great boldness and authority. And it has nothing to do with my age. And just so everybody knows, Kay and I are the same age. We're 71 years old. I don't think I'm 71. I don't want to act like I'm 71. I don't think or even think about it. Age is only a number. And I'm going to gain in number until I die. But I will not grow old. Old is right up here. There is a difference in being 71 years of age 
And 71 years old, I can barely move. I can't do anything. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you get bold, when you know who you are, it will change how you pray. I am not. I am. (laughs) I get fed up with being fed up. And when I've had enough, I've had enough. And at that level, folks, you don't want to deal with me. Your best bets get out of my way. When I hit my done stage, get out of my way. There's only one person other than Kay who has seen me at a done stage, and that's Margie. And what's awesome about our God, Jim and Margie have seen us, and I was their pastor for a while. They've seen us at our worst, and they still loved us. Actually, they still love me. It's easy to love her. And she still loves me too. But see, it's not arrogance. It's not about arrogance. It's not about me. It's about him. Him crucified. Getting people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's what it's about. And I'm no longer going to pussyfoot around and play little games with you. This is the truth. And we've got to get back to, and Kay used to tell me, (laughs) um, back the way I used to be, I'd chew you up and spit you out and wouldn't think twice about it. Oh, you're still here? There's a door. I thought I told you to leave. And she would say, you can't treat people like that. Why not? I told him the truth. She said, but you're missing part of the verse. No, I'm not. I already knew what part of that verse I was missing, but you think I'm willing to admit to it? Huh? She said, the, mic, the verse says, speak the truth in love. I did the best I could. No, you didn't. No, you did not. God helping Kay, God using Kay to help me. I have submitted my life to Kay. And I have told her, I need help in this. And you got to help me. And this is something, okay, this is something that uh, is extremely difficult, especially for married people to handle what I'm about to tell you. Most people can't do it or won't do it. It's okay to let your spouse be wrong when you know they're absolutely wrong. You don't have to correct them. It's okay. Let them be wrong. Kay corrected me one time in public. And I said to her, after everything was over, we got in the car and back home. I said, Kay. And I said it just in this tone of voice, Kay. Don't ever do that to me again. If, if I'm wrong, you better correct me privately. You don't want to see what's going to happen to you if you try to do this again in public. Because I'll come after you with everything I've got. Don't ever do that in public again. Tell him I said hi. <laughs> but it's okay to let them be wrong even though you know they're wrong. I mean, let them be right even though you know that you know they're wrong. It's okay. Just love them anyway. And so 
I told Kay, I said, I know I need help in this. And when you help me, I'm going to say to you, I'm going to get upset about it. And I know it, but that's okay. I need help. The first thing is knowing you need help. And I knew I needed help. So we're doing some stuff, and I said some things I shouldn't have said, acted the way I shouldn't have acted. So we got kind of alone. We're back at the house, and Kay said to me, Mike, you told me to correct you on this. You said this, and this was wrong. I said, I lied to you. And that statement broke that heavy spirit. We started laughing and laughing and laughing. And because she, she looked at me and goes, no, you didn't. You told me to tell you this. No, I lied to you. Uh, but that statement broke that heavy spirit. And to this day, this very day, I've actually asked God, set a guard on my mouth too. If I'm about to say something in here, I'm about to say something right here. You stop me. That happened last week, not this past week, but last week. I was having this conversation and I went, oh, that's okay. It's all right. It's fine. Because the Lord said, don't say that. Very stern. Don't say that. Okay. What? What were you going to say? Not, it doesn't matter. It's okay. It's fine. No, tell me. No. It's fine. Because if I'm not supposed to say it, and then you egg me on and I say it, now I've said what I'm not supposed to say. So don't say it. Then the other thing is, be still. This is what I said. Yeah, God, be still and know that I am God. The Holy Spirit said, I didn't say the verse, which comes from Psalms 46.10. I didn't say the verse. I said, be still. There is a difference in being still and doing nothing. Okay? So, Kay is going to play God. So, I've got this. I chose this because it won't hurt the table. I'm holding this. And God said, son, you've got to let that go. Because here's what that term means in the Hebrew. It means drop it and let it go. Be still in the Hebrew means drop it and let it go. So this is what I would do. Oops. Okay, Lord. Oh, you know what? I've been thinking about this. And you know, there's things I can do. Son, drop it and let it go. Okay, it's yours, Lord. But God, and I I would pick it back up again. Son, I said, drop it and let it go. But God, it's your turn. Lord, where'd it go? This happened to me. This is, I'm telling you what happened to me. He said, you said, I can have it. I got it. Now, this is a Mike thing. Okay, it's a Mike Martin thing. Okay, my hand's like this. I cannot drop this if my hand is this way. See, it's not going to go anywhere. Unless I turn it over. So, if it's in my hand, the only way to get it out of my hand is to turn it over and let go of it. 
And this is something else he said to me. I believe it applies to you. It's not just to one. It's probably several of us. And I wrote it down, so I want you to, to listen to it. Drop the things that you're using to try to win a battle that only God can win. Drop the things that you're using to try to win a battle that only God can win. Take refuge in God. Actually, I changed it for today because it was him or me. That's why he was speaking this to me. So I'll, I'll read it the way he said it to me, not the way I've got it written. Son, drop the things that you're using to try to win a battle that only I can win. Take refuge in me and watch me go to war for you. This was hard for me. Stop trying to fix it. In your own strength, drop it at my feet so that I can pick it up and win the battle with my hand. Today is the day that you can drop things at his feet and walk away and let him win the battle then only he can win. Today can be your day if you choose to be. But, oh gosh, I got five minutes. Okay, I can do this. The last word was encourage. This is, this is very interesting. The word encourage, encouraging, encouraged, is found 290 times in the Old Testament, 209 times in the New Testament, for a total of 399 times. And here's the deal. You don't see this often. But I, when God tells me to study something, he means study it. I went to my Strong's Concordance. I looked up every single time. Every single one. 399 of them. All 399, the Greek and the Hebrew. Same meaning. And that's something you typically don't find. There's variations. This is one of those words. And this is what it means all 399 times in the Word of God. To strengthen, to prevail, to be courageous, to support and comfort. So... Cheryl, I strengthen you. I prevail with you. I am strong for you, and I'm going to be courageous for you. I'm going to help restore you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to give you support, and I'm going to comfort you. Arthur, 
I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help cause you to prevail. I'm going to help you be strong and be courageous. I'm going to help restore you. I'm going to lift you up, give you support, and I'm going to comfort you. That's what encourage means. I am here to encourage you, to build you up, strengthen you, lift you up, and support you. We are all called to be encouragers. And that's what that means in the whole Word of God. Every time, 399 times. The same thing. That's what we're called to be. We're called to encourage you to her, to Jim, Kevin, to Penny, to each other. I was telling this to Kay and I started crying. I couldn't do it to her without crying. We're called to strengthen, prevail, to be strong. This is not for me. This is for me to give to you. To help you be courageous. To help restore you. To help lift you up and build you up. And to comfort you knowing you're going to make it. That's what we're called to do. And I need to quit there. For two reasons. One, I'm going to stand here and cry. (laughs) Because this is so important. When we get to looking at what these words mean, it brings a whole new meaning to the word. Well, I encourage you, brother. Well, thank you. No, 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 no. Man, this is so much greater than just a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement is meant to prevail. Help someone prevail. Give them comfort. Help lift them up. Help strengthen them. I'm here to be your strong. You're you're weak? Fine. I'll come alongside of you and I'll lift you up and I'll build you up and I will make you strong. My, My God through me will help make you strong. That's what we're called to do. Amen? Okay, I did it. With one minute. You did. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Mike. With one minute to spare. Let me get this. Okay. It's not wanting to let go. It's not wanting to let go. Amen. Well, how many of you were blessed? Amen. Praise God. Well, if you uh, came in discouraged, you're going to leave encouraged. Amen. Praise God. We appreciate you sharing that with us. And you know all of us need to be constantly encouraged so that we can fulfill the task that God has called us to be and to do for Him. You have a destiny. And you can't get fulfillment of your destiny by yourself. You need others to back you, support you, and to minister to you. Lift your arms up and to keep them up. 
and to keep moving forward. I mean, you know, we, we lift our arms up, we keep winning the battles. We drop our arms and we, we drop our countenance and we drop our encouragement, then things begin to go a different direction. So we need to encourage one another. The Lord told us to strengthen the brethren, build one another up. We're encouragers and strengtheners. Amen. Praise God. Well, how many of you are happy? Happy, happy, happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Amen. We're happy. We're happy people. Amen. Praise God. Stand with me to your feet. I know you've been sitting. Thank you, Jesus. While you were were standing, if you need a healing for your body, I want you to lift your hand up. I want you to keep hands up. Now, everybody else that has your hands down, I want you to walk over to them. You walk over to somebody that's got their hands lifted up. Now, those of you that have your hands lifted up, lift up both hands. Get both hands up. Now, I want you to be receivers. You receive. Now, those of you that are laying hands on them, you begin to pray for them. You pray for them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're the great physician. You have made provision for everything that pertains to natural life, everything that pertains to spiritual life. Lord, we thank you right now for the healing virtue to flow from the top of their heads, literally, to the soles of their feet. Lord, they are the healed. They are the healed. They are the healed. We command their bodies to line up with the Word of God and be restored back to health. Every organ of their body, every muscle in their body, every tendon, every organ that's within their body, healed, restored, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Our God is greater. He's bigger. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing of God. Lord, that is flowing in and through and out of us into our brothers and sisters in the Lord to bring to fruition everything that they have need of in their physical bodies right now. As Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In his case, he said, rise up and walk. And he did. He leaped to his feet and he went walking and praising God right into the house of God. Father, we thank you for it. Lord, now I speak peace 
that passes all understanding to rule our hearts and our mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, we remind Satan and every demon of darkness that this is God's property. You keep your hands off. In the name of Jesus, we appropriate the blood of Jesus in these lives. And we speak that they are whole, completely whole, in Jesus' name. Things that they couldn't do, they'll be able to do. And we give you praise for it. We give you glory and honor. Take your hands off their families. In the name of Jesus, we have the right for our families, every member of our families, to be born again, filled with your Spirit, serving you all the days of their life. No sickness, no disease, no calamity of any kind. We give you praise. How can we be happy otherwise? You called us to be happy, to be fulfilled and satisfied with your goodness. And we are in Jesus' name. He left us His peace. He left us His joy. He left us everything that we would have need of to be able to live the fullness of life overflowing and touching others. We claim every soul in our families for the kingdom of God. We claim them. They belong to You, Lord. We claim them for You. And Lord, we just seek the Holy Ghost on them. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. What's what's the first Saturday of uh, next month? The first Saturday. What's the date? <laughs> What's the number? The third? What? The second? The second? Okay. So it's upcoming. You know, we, we only have we actually only have seven meetings a year. When you, when you look at it like that, it doesn't seem like very many. Because they went from house to house daily. <laughs> Just once a month. So we encourage you to begin now, to begin to sign up for the next month. So that we can uh, get a good count, good number, know how to provide what is necessary and needed. I just want to encourage you. We have several people that do calling uh, Karen is one of them. Cheryl is one of them. Uh, our, Mike and his family are one of them. And then also um, Joe and Diane Levine help us with that. If they give you a call, 
if you would just, you know, be quick about answering them back, that'll, that will really be helpful. They, we need to hear from you so that we'll have a definite count to know how much food we need to purchase and everything. So we would really appreciate your, your help and, and quickness in responding. And we just appreciate and love every one of you that are here. So just praise God for you. Amen. Well, we're going to close in prayer. And as we, as we do, as we begin to break out and break away, we need some people to stay behind. If you would help us to clean up, you know, stack the chairs, the, these, just these three tables get broken down and uh, the rest of it stays just like it is. Uh, except we need to clean off the tables, you <laughs> know. That sort of thing. But everything gets broken down. Of course, this gets broken down. We have food that's left over. If you would like to take some home with you, please get you a box. There's boxes that are provided for you to take some of this food home with you or take it to a neighbor. Whatever the Lord leads you to do uh, to be a blessing. So let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your love and your mercy that you've extended to us. Lord, we are your hands extended now. We are your mouthpiece. We are your eyes. We're your feet. We're your ears. We're everything that you need us to be to be able to satisfy the needs of humanity. It's the God in us. Like one person said, we're wall to wall, Holy Spirit. Another one said, we're wall-to-wall God. Greater is He that's in us than He that is in the world. Declaring that He is something, and that something in us is full of light, full of love, full of peace and joy, temperance, meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, and faithfulness. We have all of that within us to touch the hearts and the lives of others. As Sister Carolyn said, there's people outside these walls. Love them for me. So as we go, we go as your witness and as your testimony of your greatness and goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.